Hi, and welcome back to Get Lit Ferrari with Christina Fivecoat. I'm your host, Christina Fivecoat. So I um, listened to the podcast, the previous one, the previous episode with uh, Beth Ann, who I mentioned in the previous podcast as well. And um, after listening to the podcast, we had... Um, we were talking about some of the books, and one of the books for sure was um, I Miss You When I Blink, and she had said that she wanted to read that book just because of the way that I had described it to her, you know, and so I had um, looked up, and I said, you know, I don't even remember if what I said was even accurate about that book. And so I, I looked it up and read the summary to her and she was like, that isn't at all what you described. And you know, the truth is it wasn't, um, but that's the feeling that I came away with. And it really, it, 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 the, the book was more about the summary talked about, um, how it was her struggle to have children to begin with. And in the, I miss you when I blink part was accurate. But I decided after that, you know, maybe I should read the summary for some of these and maybe, you know, just go from there. But I, I read the summary probably about a week ago. And so I'm still going to just go on my hunch or my, my remembrance of these books. Um, but just to give a shout out to Bethy and thank you for listening, for um, giving me feedback and to, I'm going to promote her, they, like her, Beth Ann, and Samantha's podcast. It's called Off the Books with B and S, which is stands for Beth Ann and Samantha. Um, and you can find that at soundcloud.com slash user dash 84303-8264. Again, that is um, Off the Books with B and S, soundcloud.com slash user dash Eight four three zero three eight two six four. So, let's get to it. This week, we're going to talk about you know the next books that are in my repertoire for twenty twenty. Um, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. I was going through a period of um, okay. So you remember I said reading Michelle Obama's Becoming made me feel like I could write my story, right? And that's something that I've been actually wanting to do for a while. And I, I started it, but oh my goodness, it's like got eight pages. Okay. That's not a whole story. That's like an, an essay. <laughs> so this isn't, this is my biography, my story, my whatever, if it is written, isn't going to be coming out for a long while. But regardless, I was doing research during this time period. And um, so I, I listened to Tina Fey. And I appreciate, um, <clears throat> you know, Tina Fey. It's, it's Tina Fey, first of all. It's funny. She talks about um, how she got her scar, how she, um, and there's really nothing to that. I mean, in, the, in her biography, it's just some rando walked up to her 
and cutter and and there's that's it there's no like anything else after that it was just that's what happened and it sucks you know especially like if you're a little kid and that happens to you you're like what the fuck just happened and why and sometimes people are just assholes for no reason so you know um just sucks to suck you know because prisons are filled with them <laughs> so um tina Fey's talked about how um she got her start, how she was in Chicago and she knew Amy Poehler. And she actually talked a lot about Amy Poehler and some of the folks that um, she got started with and how her um, show 30 Rock didn't really take off right away. And just all the stuff, like all the like get to know Tina Fey-ish stuff. And so that was okay. It was, you know, there were parts that are funny, but it's just, you know, her telling you about her life. And um, that's really it about that. Um, the, so I'm going to move on to the next book. And the next book to me that I read this year after Bossy Pants um, was The Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley. And I really liked this book because it made me want to do what they did in the book. Not necessarily exactly um so in the book there's this green i think it was green journal um where this person um wrote this challenge in the book about being authentic and to whoever found the book it was up to them to accept the challenge and to um be authentic and true to themselves, right? And so the first person to find the book was a bookstore owner. And it wasn't even a bookstore. It was like a coffee shop, right? And it was the kind of coffee shop that had couches and it had books that you could read while you're in there and it was cozy. And it just made you feel like, oh, this is my kind of place. Like I can hang out in here. So um, it talks about all this, this authenticity, this project about being authentic, being your true self. And um, it turns out that, you know, no one's really authentic. You know, we all, even now, right? And, and I don't, I don't want to give too much away about the book, you know, and, you know, I like to weave in my own kind of take on things. So like people even in general, in real life, we're not authentic. We are not who we are in our minds, right? Um, because people in society have expectations of you and you can't really be authentic because they'll judge you. I mean, there might be some few folks out there that are truly themselves, right? But like, let's face it, people put their fa their best face forward on Facebook and you know, at work, because, you know, you can't just go tell your boss to go fuck themselves, even if that's really what you want to do. Um, and it's just like, somebody that I work with at the public library, Stephanie, I love you, Stephanie, <laughs> um, posted a photo of, was it uh, Seth somebody or whatever, and Paul Rudd, okay, and these weird 
costumes. Maybe they were like bunny suits or maybe one of them had on a bunny suit. Regardless, Paul Rudd was standing there on the sidewalk with his butt sticking out, you know, like he is Paul Rudd. He can get away with doing whatever because he's Paul Rudd. And I made the comment like, I wish that I could be as authentic in real life as Paul Rudd is in real life, like how they are in real life, you know, because I mean, was Seth Rogen? Maybe I think that's who, what the other person was perhaps. Um, they're just them, you know, and I can't get away with that because, you know, people have high expectations and, and it's just, it's exhausting all the time to live up to other people's expectations. And I'm naturally, I'm an introvert. And so, oh my goodness, like I have to constantly like all, you know, where, when you work at the public library and when you work at a university, it's like people have this idea of the type of person that you are just because you work at those types of places. And the people who you work for expect you to, you know, remember that you, because you work there, are the face of whatever institution it is. And really, I just want to be me. I want to be just like Paul Rudd and Goofy and 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 just say what I want, you know, and dress how I want. And I don't currently smoke pot, but if I did, you know, then to just be like, yeah, so what? <laughs> but I can't <laughs> um, because, you know, I just, I can't, like, I'm not, I don't have that privilege. And I, I guess maybe I wish that everybody was more authentic, including myself. But I don't think that we have the ability to be because of who we are, because of what we do, because of, you know, other people's expectations of us. And it sucks. It's just, it's draining. It's exhausting. And I just need to, I guess, per perpetrate, you know, it's like uh, code switching. You pretend that you're this professional, even though you want to bash somebody's head in with a baseball bat. Okay. <laughs> like if people were truly their authentic selves, I, I, I don't think that society could handle it. But that's also why so many people are in therapy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so anyway, that the authenticity project by Claire Pooley. <laughs> I went way off on that book. Okay, that was like it was like here's the book and here's what I talked about, and they're like well completely one eighty from one to the other. So let's move on. Um, and then yes, please by Amy Poehler. Oh, I appreciated her throughout this book so much for constantly whining. Yeah, I said whining because I listened to it. Amy, let's be real. You were whining um, about how writing a book is hard, y'all. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I really liked that listening to the book, she actually had her co-stars, her parents, you know, if it was, if it was a, a, a section about them, she had them read it. And that was kind of amazing to me. I just really appreciated that. Like, I want to listen to an audiobook, you know, that isn't just read by one, one um, reader, I guess. Um, 
So you know how in books and in movies, you have different parts. I want to listen to an audiobook that has different actors reading those parts. You know, if it was like a, he, and then he said, you know, okay, I want him to actually say it. And I don't really know how that would work, but um, because then it wouldn't be like, and then he said, because he would be saying it. <laughs> So um, that's my goal is to have a book like that. And if you know of one, please comment or get back to me somehow about, you know, this alleged book that exists. Um, so, yeah, Amy Poehler. Yes, please. I liked it. It's Amy Poehler, guys. Come on. And ladies, ladies and guys, yins. I say yins a lot. And in this podcast, in the last episode, I didn't hardly say yins at all. And that's so unlike me because I had this um, from Pittsburgh. You already know that. Um, but I've lived in Kokomo, Indiana for the last since I was 23 and I'm 41 now, um, years ago. And uh, so I've, I've developed this East Coast Midwest twang. And so I think there's no real... Like when I'm saying like yins is a group, it makes sense. But like when I'm saying you all, like y'all, y'all of you, it's just, it's it hits different. You know, yins and y'all are, I don't know, it just hits different. So you might hear me say one or the other and switch back and forth. I don't know. It's just, it, it is, it is what it is. Um. So yeah, there's that. All right, that was Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. And we're going to move on to The Bride Test by Helen Hoang. Hoang, Hang, I'm not sure. It's H-O-A-N-G. Um, so this, as you may recall, I was mentioned that I was on the Howard County Reads Planning Committee. And uh, this was one of the books that I was assigned to read. I was also assigned to read uh, The Starless Sea by, I don't know, somebody. And then what was this uh, key? No. The something doors of January. I don't know. I didn't finish either one of those two. I was tell you that they both have secret doors. They both have keys on the cover of the books. And I couldn't get into either one of them. But there you go. So those are two books that I started, but I didn't quite finish. But we were talking about The Bride Test. Okay, so The Bride Test is about this overbearing mom who goes to China or Vietnam. I think somewhere over in Asia. And, you know, I can say that because I'm not real sure. And, uh, yeah. And you don't know this, but I'm half Asian, so whatever. Um, so she goes, this overbearing mom goes over to somewhere, I really believe it's Vietnam, to find this bride, a bride for her son who has autism, who lives in California. And uh, she gets there, is interviewing these women who keep coming and bawling their eyes out in the bathroom. And we're going to call her Esma. Her short for Esmeralda, which is, that's not her name at all, but um, that's the American name that she wanted to have. So, you know, that's what she went by. And there is a, not only a 
language barrier, but a culture barrier as well, because, you know, she's from there and he grew up in California. And so there's already that. And um, she doesn't exactly speak the language. He can speak and understand her language, but uh, he... It's, it's like there's a language, but so like he doesn't necessarily always know what to say back to her, I think. And, you know, complicate that with the fact that he is on the spectrum and uh, her misinterpretations and lack of conversation. Neither one of them are very good at opening up to each other. But again, you have to remember she's basically a mail order bride and she thinks that he can never love her because he's a player and really he's just autistic and doesn't think that he can feel love right that's his interpretation is that he doesn't believe that he can feel love and so there's all this drama and it's one of those um this is like a chiclet genre you know if you like that sort of thing then this would definitely be your cup of tea but I wish that they would just like talk to to each other. But this is going back to that being authentic thing, right? It's hard. It's hard to be open to people. It's hard to be open to people you know. It's harder to be open to people, you know, when you don't really even know them and you're trying to convince them to marry you. <laughs> so uh, I liked it, though. It was a fun read. Um, so, yeah. That was The Bride Test by Helen Hong Hang. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to switch gears again and go back to uh, autobiography by Reese Witherspoon. It's going to, it's called Whiskey in a Teacup. So this, this is, okay, this was probably the shortest autobiography ever. When you pick up the book, it is very dense. It's heavy. It's thick. It's But you have to remember, there are lots of photos throughout the entire book. In addition to photos, there are lots of recipes throughout this entire book. So this is also, this is like a lookbook for Reese Witherspoon and her look, because you know she's got one, that Draper James and whatever else. But it's also a cookbook, like her family's recipe book. And uh, so you have those two things. I and mean, I mean, like there are a ton of recipes in there, but it's also like how to things, like how to set a table and all this stuff. like who to invite to a party, you know? So, so you, when, when you read the actual biography aspect of it, it's very short. I mean, you can get through that, that part of it in like four hours. It's like a, a one sitting kind of a book that you're going to read and then maybe refer back to because, you know, you want to have a cookout and you want to cook up some of her her sweet tea and some fried chicken and you know host a party and all this stuff so you might refer back to it in order to get some recipes so 
I mean, I think that in the library, this book should not only be in the biography section, but it should also be in the nonfiction section and under like 641 and recipes somewhere, <laughs> which I'm not mad at, not at all. But I'm just saying it's it's more than just the biography. It's it's more than a cookbook. It's a combination of both. And I'm not mad at that. Um, so in, in honor of Reese Witherspoon and my family who we have our own types, like I'm not Southern, whereas Reese Witherspoon is Southern. My grandmother, my mom's mom came over from Hungary and we're like, we eat, even though I said I was half Asian, we primarily ate like what you'd be referred to as like Eastern European food. Okay. So I'm going to give you a recipe, just one. It's super easy for halushki. And different people make it different ways. <clears throat> I know that if you go to Pittsburgh and order it at a, at a, at a restaurant, they're going to boil a cabbage. I'm not going to tell you to boil a cabbage. Okay. But I am going to say you're going to need some butter, like stick butter. I had a cabbage, a good size onion, and a bag of egg noodles where you can make your own, whatever. Okay, so in a very large frying pan, you're going to melt a stick of butter. You're going to chop up a whole head of cabbage, minus the core, obviously, into um, pieces about the size of egg noodles, right? Like you'll think just, you know, the no yolk egg noodles, those size, right? And then you're going to stick the cabbage in the pan and you're going to fry it up along with one onion. Okay. So just cut the ends off the onion, cut it in half and then cut it in slices and throw that all in there. And you're going to boil some water. You're going to cook your egg noodles, however you cook your egg noodles, right? Till they're done. And then, um, you're going to mix the cabbage and onions with your egg noodles when the, the cabbage is done, which is basically like when it's soft, you know, just taste it. Um, not exactly translucent that the, the onions want to be translucent, but you know, it takes a while, maybe a good 30, 30 minutes, um, on medium high heat. Uh, don't burn it. Don't brown the, the cabbage, but just cook it nicely and then mix it all together. And that's halushki. Okay. Some folks at home back in Pittsburgh, they'll also fry up some bacon and put that in there. If that's your deal, go ahead. Um, but it's usually typically served with some mashed potatoes, which we also usually home make and halushki, which is a stuffed cabbage, but I'm not going to go there with you. Oh, I'm just giving you one recipe. Um, I hope you enjoy it. It's in honor of my mom, whose name's Julie, and her mom, who's also his name's Julie. Both Julia, actually. Um, so in honor of my family, I hope you enjoy Halushki. And um, one more thing in common that I have with uh, Reese Witherspoon is that her husband, her current husband, is from Pittsburgh also. He's from Aliquippa. And I am from McKees Rocks. So our high schools played each other in basketball and football.
way back when I was in high school. But I think that he uh, left Pittsburgh younger than I did. I was about 23 when I left, and he was, I think, still a teenager. So um, I don't know if he's ever shared that kind of thing with with her before, but this is Halushki. And Reese, I hope that if you ever get the opportunity to listen to this, and if you actually had had Halushki before, you know, ever going back to Pittsburgh, if he goes back there, if he has family there, I'm not sure, um, that you enjoy some of our food because I love to tell people that Pittsburgh is the land of food. You can travel around the world just on an appetite while you're there. So, um, okay, this is the second episode of Get Lit Arari with Christina Fivecoat. I hope you enjoyed. Have a lovely day, and we'll see you next week. Bye.